Welcome to the Recreation Podcast. This is episode number four. We have Jim McGee, who's the executive director of the Swift Current Community Youth Initiative. They operate an awesome youth center in Swift Current, Saskatchewan. I heard that they get 250 youth out on Friday and Saturday nights, um, and I wanted to you know, learn what's going on there, how they get that many kids out. So let's get it started. Here is Jim McGee. So I have a, a few relatives that live in Swift Current, and they've told me on a few different occasions, um, just letting me know that there's an awesome youth center in Swift Current that I should um, kind of learn about and maybe spread spread the word about what you guys are doing. So maybe if you can just give me a quick overview of what the uh, Swift Current uh, youth community initiative is. Sure. Well, it uh, basically was started in around 2010. Um, the whole community saw the need for a youth group or a, a place for youth to hang out. Um, and there was a number of churches that kind of discussed it, but uh, a group from Eastside Church actually took the bull by the horns and and actually uh, looked around and found a place and uh, they bought a building. It was formerly Dooley's Pool Hall, 8,600 square feet. And the congregation has actually paid for that over over the last five years. And um, basically renovated it, so it's uh, there's probably been about 1,500 hours of volunteer labor and uh, over 200,000 dollars in donations to get it to where it is at today. So do do you guys uh, lease that space from the church, or are you a part of the church? Uh, no, we we're just uh, they're, they're our landlords. We rent it from them, <clears throat> and basically they've given us a really awesome deal here. We just pay. Uh, you know, $2,000 a month, basically, uh, for the facility, and that covers all our utilities as well. So it's like their donation to the community is what uh, this church has done, you know. So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's pretty awesome. <clears throat> so we have a lot of, I don't know if you want to know the programs and stuff. Yeah, but, sure, that'd be great. Yeah. So we have a lot of programs. It's for grade 6 through 12 is what we offer. And uh, we're open after school, so Monday to Thursday from 3 to 5.30. And uh, usually on Tuesdays, we have free tutoring for high school students. Uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays, we provide a free hot meal for kids. So we average anywhere from 25 to 35 kids. Um, Thursdays, we have free guitar lessons as well. Uh, there's uh, three groups, uh, beginner, intermediate, and uh, advanced classes. There's about 15 kids in that now. So we bought a bunch of guitars and they use the guitars throughout the year. Um, <clears throat> our busiest times are on the weekend. We're open from uh, on Friday and Saturday every weekend, so from 7 p.m. till 1 in the morning. Uh, 7 till 10 is for grades 6 to 8, and 9 till 12 for the high school. And then Saturday, uh, six to, grade 6 to 8 is from 8 till 10, and the high school from uh, till midnight. And uh, we're averaging between 200 250 kids every weekend that come here, and... Uh, it's uh it's a pretty neat thing. We have a lot of neat uh activities and games. We have a couple of pool tables, ping pong, foosball, air hockey, dome hockey. Uh we have two PS4s and two Xbox ones on projector screens or like six foot screens in a separate room. Uh we have three uh arcade games with nine thousand games on each one from back to Pac Man and everything else you can think of. Um there's uh, tables and chairs in the middles that we have there for kids so that if they want to play table games and stuff, we have a bunch of them. 
we have a bar that has uh, like uh, pop and chips and uh, noodles and pizza pops and popcorn and slushy machines and that kind of stuff. And we put all the prices at our cost basically. So if your dad makes 40000 a year, 400000 a year, if you have a toonie, you're going to be able to fit in. You know, you can buy a chocolate bar and a pop for two bucks. So it's it's a safe and a fun place for the kids to come. That's the whole purpose of the center. Um, I'm a former high school counselor for over 20 years, and and that's what I do during the days. Uh, we offer uh, free counseling for people in the community that need it, uh, families, uh, parenting conflict, mediations, that kind of stuff. Uh, we also have contract work that we get through social services, so. We have had up to 10 kids at one time that we are mentoring, like a big brother, big sister program. Uh, kids ages 6 to 16 where there may be, we hook them up with a mentor who are maybe for two or three up to six hours a week with them, uh, helping them with their life skills and their social skills, and that kind of thing. So it's pretty diversified. Um, we also have it available to the community. So anybody that wants to use the facility, they can. We have... Uh, the city uses it every Wednesday night for um, a thing called the Zone. It's for kids ages 10 to 15 just to do crafts and activities. Uh, there's been other youth groups that have used it. Uh, the cadets have used it. Uh, we've had girl guides use it. Um, we have a resource room, which is kind of a real nice, uh, almost like a, a big boardroom area, but it's really nice. And uh, we've had different groups use it for... Uh, uh, mind your mood classes or uh, anger management classes. We've had um, people from the, the hospital. They've used it for pre and postpartum de- depression classes and uh, just meetings and yeah. So it's a it's a pretty busy place here. And like I say, we we like to try to work hand in hand with with uh, with the groups and uh, the CBOs in the in the area here. Yeah, it sounds like you have a lot going on. Back in 2010, did you? envision um you know this many programs and being able to get that many kids out and how did that kind of come to be is it something that kind of naturally progressed each year is it something that you kind of started off pretty strong no we uh we weren't sure how it was going to go initially we just started doing after school then we tried uh friday nights and we used to get maybe 40 or 50 or 60 kids initially coming out and then it and it continued to grow uh, the key, obviously, is volunteers here as well. Um, we have people that helped us the first year that uh, basically came every Friday night, and we kind of burned them out. And so what we've done and what we're seeing now, Ryan, too, is that kids that have come, uh, like we're, we're seven years into it now, but kids that came in maybe in high school or grade seven or eight uh, that have graduated from the center, they're going to college now, and we see them coming back and volunteering on the weekends helping the other younger kids, you know, so it's kind of cool to see them paying it forward. But we probably have um, about 80 to 100 people on our volunteer list, and we try to get them to come, you know, once a month or so for three or four hours for one shift. Uh, That way they don't burn out, but they're still involved. Um, We also have a lot of people that help in other ways, obviously financially. About a third of our operating costs are are raised by donations, so we've had very good support from from the community, from individuals. Um, I remember going to one club, uh, like I've gone to the Elks and Eagles and Lions and Kiwanis and all the clubs in town, and, and one group, uh, one of the ladies said, you know, that 
she was an alcoholic and <clears throat> that she sure wished there would have been a place like this when she was growing up, but she doesn't want other kids to make the same mistakes she has. And, and each year this uh, club has given us, uh, you know, two to $5,000 every year to help keep our programs going, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a grandpa that came by and said his kids were grown and, and out of the house, but he had grandkids coming up and he wanted a safe place for them to come. So he made a donation of a thousand dollars to help us out. And it's just kind of been like that all along. It's been really cool to see how, how God has blessed it and uh, how the community has really supported our the endeavor here. And, and uh, it's a popular place. It's, it's nice furniture. It's nice stuff. It's not granny's old couch in the back room. You know, it's been really uh, well looked after and, uh, uh, we have a great staff here. We have two program directors, uh, Kenton and Nathan, and an office manager named Trish. And they love kids and they love people. And uh, like I said, it's just a fun and a safe place for kids to come. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any any differences in the city since the facilities opened and being so success, successful? You mentioned back in uh, 2010 when the church members got together, they identified that there was a need for a space like this. Um, what were some of those indicators that that need was there? And then has any of those kind of been diminished or been overcome since the facility's been operating for a few years now? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And yeah, we've seen definite uh, improvements here. In fact, the RCMP station's about a block from us. So initially they used to come in every weekend and some of the kids were wondering who they were coming to get, <laughs> but they were just coming to visit. And uh, they've actually established a really good relationship with the kids, and they'll often, you know, uh, have a game of ping pong or hang out with them or a game of pool with them, and they built a good relationship. But they have noticed and said, too, that there's there's not nearly the, the number of kids on the streets, and, and the petty crime is way down. And uh, I guess the big thing, too, like when I was a high school counselor, I would ask kids, you know, uh, what what do you do on the weekends? What do you do for fun? And basically, they would say, you know, hello, Jim, this is Swift Current. There is nothing to do. And, uh, you know, they'd go to the odd Bronco game or Indians ball game or some of them would shop. But most of them were not into sports and they didn't have money. And so they said, we party. So this was the reason that the center was established, is to give these kids uh, an option from the party scene. And like I said, there's been so many kids that have come in when they're in grade six, seven and eight. They're still moldable and pliable. Uh, more so the high school kids are more set in their ways. And and I think this has really helped uh, and why we see so many kids coming back and volunteering uh, with the younger ones as well. But, uh, yeah, the petty crime's down. And um, like I said, there's uh, the police have noticed a, a big difference in the number of kids on the streets as well. For For other communities out there that are looking to get, you know, something similar going on, um, what advice do you have? for them um, in terms of, you know, getting youth out in the first place? Well, I think the key is there's an old saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I know there's lots of people in lots of communities that really care for youth. And uh, it's it's just to try to provide a a safe and a fun place for them. And if you have a bunch of people that are are willing to to get together, and I know there's people out there that care about our youth. Um, There's... uh, you know, probably some uh, oil companies and farmers and individuals that have some dollars that they'd be willing to put towards it and uh, to make it a successful place for the kids to hang out. Um, that's the key is just 
just have the courage to kind of announce it and and go around and uh you know if we can help in any way we'd love to help other organizations uh to know how we got started or maybe even come and do a presentation to try and help them along uh in establishing something but it's uh it's really uh like I said as a school counselor over the years I've just seen the benefits of this and uh you know even the smaller communities in our area where they don't have anything like this there's parents that are carpooling and bringing their kids here on the weekend and kids that are kind of quieter and to themselves all of a sudden they hook up with a couple other quiet kids that maybe are into video games and all of a sudden they've established some new friends and and everybody needs a community right we need uh we need like an organization to associate with and we have kids that are here six days a week uh that 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 is their community and and it's important for all of us to have one of those and so i guess uh like i said i just encourage uh if there's other other uh communities out there that would are looking to establish something like this to to just uh get together with a few people and and get it started and the ball the ball will start rolling for sure mhm are many of the programs kind of youth led or their ideas kind of start from the youth or or how do no, uh, new programs kind of come to be well, initially we had a, a steering committee. So when we started out, we had somebody from uh, the uh, United Way, uh, the Salvation Army. We had uh, mental health, uh, well, four or five different organizations. Uh, the Kiwanis, there was a representative. So they kind of helped steer from the Chinook School Division. They all kind of helped us. Um, and again, it's new territory, so you try some things we try to establish some things and if they go over great if they don't then you try something else you kind of go with the flow uh, we tried some after school programs for uh, like a fitness program and we'd have somebody different every week coming in you know maybe a a guy doing a boxing lesson or there was salsa dancing or the um, uh, fencing we had brought in we brought in lots of different things every wednesday after school but it didn't really go over so what they did is they started doing some of these things in the elementary schools where it became more popular with the kids there. So it's just finding the niche, you know, what the needs are and what the community wants and and uh, establishing that. But mm -hmm. that's how kind of we got started. What uh, challenges do you guys face kind of nowadays now that you're already established? Is there anything that kind of, you know, um, is a barrier on a day-to-day -day basis to providing these services, or do you kind of have it running pretty smooth now? Well, it's it's going well now, and 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 it's uh, I think, like I said, the community has continued to support it. They've seen the benefits of it. The biggest challenges are always volunteers um, and getting volunteers to come, and and just making sure that financially, uh, you know, we get established and can can maintain our programs. Um, but it's just getting out there and and uh, making making it uh, the people aware of it. I know, uh, and it's not just financially. I mean, there's people that that help in other ways. We have some men that kind of built our our um, arcade games, and uh, you know, they help with uh, building a sound booth and uh, the deck that we have outside in the patio area. Like, we have some men that are handy that way. We have ladies that bake cookies or muffins and then we freeze them and then when the kids come in after school there's some homemade snacks for them you know um, so there's a lot of people that contribute in a lot of ways and, and that's what makes it work even some of the grandparents are coming and volunteering when their grandkids are there you know so it's kind of cool 
why do you think that this doesn't exist in every community out there? Um, I, I think like, like I said earlier, you know, it, it took, took one, one church or one community, one group of people to kind of get it established. Uh, um, and I think that's what it needs. I think everybody sees the need, but you need somebody to really, like I said, take the bull by the horns and, and, uh, try and get something established and, and um, I know that, like, even initially for us, the, the Innovation Credit Union, when we shared this vision, gave us $25,000 a year for two years to get it going. They they helped us get it established. And and like I said, there's there's monies out there. There's people that are willing and that care about our youth and are willing to donate towards it. Uh, they are our future, and uh, and they want a safe place. And with Everything that the kids are exposed to nowadays with the media and with the drugs and everything else, they need a safe and a fun place to to hang out. So um, the reason that they don't have them, I think, is just because people maybe haven't taken that initiative uh, to do it. But I'm sure if there's a few that would take that initiative, that other people, like I say, would jump on board uh, just as they have here for us. Great. I actually work for a consulting firm that helps okay. municipalities plan for uh, uh, rec centers and like parks and rec spaces. And one of the okay. things that we always hear that is needed in these communities are unstructured youth spaces for youth yep. to hang out. But yep. then, but then they never really know what that is supposed to look like because we you know, the traditional youth center, people are kind of skeptical of just having a, a program room inside of a rec center because they're often underutilized and they're, you know, not always staffed. And then the billiards balls right. get go missing or, you know, then you have yeah. a skateboard park, but it's not well lit and it's be tucked behind the building. And that's where all the drug deals go down. And they're generally supportive yeah. of it, but kind of not in my own backyard sort of thing. So, yeah, um, yeah when I heard that you get you know, 250 kids out on a Friday and Saturday night that just kind of uh, blew me away. Yeah, no, it's it's fabulous. And I forgot to say too, Ryan, that basic, basically we have five rules, you know, there's no alcohol, no drugs, uh, no uh, swearing, no bullying or harassing, and to respect each other in the property. And that's our kids. And we enforce that. And there's been times when there's been a scuffle and them kids are gone for two months, they can't come back. And that's a real deterrent for the rest of them. They know, you know, that they can't horse around. Uh, we have a patio outside with basketball hoops and a 10-foot fence where they can let loose out there and cool down, but they can't inside, you know. So yeah. it's uh, we do coat checks at the door. I forgot to mention that too. So if uh, if a kid comes in, they, they have to blow in our face like they're blowing out a candle, and we check for alcohol, and we have a breathalyzer in our pocket. And... Uh, if they have alcohol, then they have to leave and uh, say, sorry, you can come back next week. But if you got alcohol, you can't come in. And then the coat check just obviously helps, you know, if they have a coat or a backpack or a bunny hug, they have to check it in. We have 100 tubs where they can check it in and people that supervise that area. And what that does is hopefully prevent anything from being passed around that shouldn't be. And it also prevents theft, you know. Yeah. So the kids do feel safe and secure here. So. But like I said, I'm. Uh, we'd be willing to come and and uh, talk to any communities about it if they, you know, uh, have a bit of a town meeting or want to have something, and we can come and make a presentation and give them some ideas on how to get it started and give them a bit of a visual overview of what we have and 
just to try to help them along in any way we can. Perfect. Thanks a lot. I, I really appreciate that. Well, Jim, thanks a lot for uh, taking a few minutes to uh, speak with me today. No, you're welcome, Ryan. And if we can help, like I say, anybody in any way, uh, uh, we have a, a website and uh, at the Centre in Swift Current. So if we can help, let us know. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. You have a good day. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks again to Jim McGee for uh, joining us today. Uh, that's all I got for you guys. Catch you guys next time.